Are you suggesting, Stephen, that you or I or both of us should become full-time like tech expert kind of people? We're getting – well, in terms of podcasting, we're getting pretty bloody good at it. We've been doing it a while. I was li- – I heard today, though, and I know you're a fan of uh, Tom Segura. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast. He was being interviewed on a podcast, and he reckons he's been podcasting since 2010. Yeah. That's, that's a while. He's been at, yeah, at that, it a No, while. they have been. Yeah. Oh, mate, yeah. It's, and the best thing is they uh, they introduced video very early, like to their credit. We, haven't, we well, still haven't done that. No. And, according and according to his interview, he reckons he had podcasting audio only for about three or four years. Yeah, but I'm saying video, most people yeah. have only picked up video in the last year or two, right? Yeah. They've been doing video for 10 years, and it's gold because he was a fat heap. <laughs> and he is now so in shape; it's hilarious to watch back. Uh, to watch his their, training, yeah, right. They're early shows. the same about us, mate. <laughs> Ups and um, downs. I don't have. Um, I don't know that I've got a RSS feed that goes back far enough, but I've been doing it. I, I had po- I had your Tech Life podcast. Mm. I think in two thousand nine. Oh, I was. Yeah. I was putting it up. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, I, but, I but, remember but to be clear, it. it was my radio show. So right. what I did was I did the radio show at 2GB at like yep. Thursdays, 9 o'clock. Yep. Uh, chip for brains. Good times. Yeah. Um, actually, no, that well, so that would have preceded I it. it. I was on it one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that preceded Your Tech Life. And so I'm just trying to think it, back. Anyway, it, I was – morphed into EFTM. I don't, I don't, I don't have one that, that goes in its entirety back that far because yep. Your Tech Life was its own thing. Chipper Brains was a 2GB thing. But Chipper Brains was definitely a podcast. Yeah. Before, like the earliest the podcast early I'd ever heard of, and I was I was still working at the telly at the time. It was the it was the cover story of our Connect lift out was uh, Merrick and Rosso. Yeah. They got wow. in early, and, and I had this brainstorm. I'm, I don't know if I've told you before, this of, of the photo for the cover. Hmm. And so what I got them to do, we went up to their offices to take photos of them. So I got them to press their faces up against the glass. And then we superimpose that picture into an iPod, so that was the nice. you know the, that was the picture. It, mate, it was mate, like, let's do that for the cover cover art of this show. Why not? Let's go. See, let's mate, do great it. Great idea, mate. Great ideas. They ne- they never die. No. <laughs> um, I'm happy to try something humorous like that if you want, mate. We when we we just a small side note for the private. I've I've watched an extensive uh, entire show binged on the on the flight. So we uh-huh. need to talk about that. I need to remember. <laughs> okay, is it one I've recommended or one I've I th- watched? Already? I think I think you might have mentioned it. Yes, it's uh, okay. regarding an FBI, CIA White House situation. Okay, yeah, the night. What's it's called night the night agent. agent. Night agent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a great. Uh, so you've watched it all. Every, good, six good 6.66 hours of content on the good plane. Time. <laughs> all right. Well, on the private tune yeah, in. So we'll, we'll talk take, about that. Take a deep yeah. dive. It's awesome. Um, uh, yeah, there was something else we needed to talk about, but we'll worry about that uh, later in the week. Um, hopefully, the quality sounds uh, good for everyone. We're doing our best. So I'm, uh, I'm actually using a phone uh, to record. The oh, internet really? where I am is okay. horrible. The hotel <laughs> internet. In, you're in Seattle, yeah, right? So yeah, this is yeah. where Microsoft is located. But all these big companies and your internet's crap. Are you serious? Yeah, hundred percent. Like really? you, you keep going. The screen goes off every five seconds. So yeah, I've man. I tested using. The hotel Wi-Fi, I was yep. getting 10 up, 7 seven up, 10 down or something like that. And then I tested hotspot on my phone, which is roaming. So it was about the same. But it, at yep. one point it was seven, 7 down, 1 up. And I thought, that's no good. So the phone I'm using is the phone I use to broadcast the Today Show. It's got a 5G AT&T ah. SIM card in it. So you're so, burning up all their data, are you? So when, that's a good point, actually. I'm burning up my AT&T data. Uh, anyway, uh, that could be a problem for me if I go live tomorrow. Today. Whoopsie. So, Whoopsie. Um, the, so my, my thought process here, and this, I don't know about you, but this is I say this a lot on, on TalkBack. I'm a trial and error kind of guy. If you've got yeah. a problem, I want to isolate individual parts of the process yeah. so that we can – Process you know, of like, elimination. If you've got, if you've got, a, t, if you've got a TV issue, yeah. then – like streaming, are other devices in the home got the same problem? If not, um, then can you Ethernet, you know, so we can det- – we, let's find out which link in the yeah. chain is the problem. So for me, hopefully this is a much more consistent connection because it's a local network as opposed to roaming network, yep. um, but it is still a cell network. It, but you said it's 5G, you said, 5G? Yeah, it actually says 5G+, plus, 
But I Whoa. did a speed test before we uh, started recording, and it was like sixteen down, twenty up, and I'm like, that's not Ooh. that's not even something you should be proud of calling five G. I'm sorry, eighteen. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it seems to be working for now. It'll be right. But anyway, uh, enough of the jibber jabber. It's time to do this. Welcome to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Not a bad price. With Trevor Long from EFTM.com. Really handy device. And Stephen Fennec from techguide.com.au. And welcome to episode 583 of Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks to the great people at Netgear and Arlo for your home networking needs. Netgear's got you covered. We'll tell you about them shortly. And we've both had a, a good look at the new Arlo Pro 5. We will uh, review that and go through that from Arlo a little later on the show also. So as we mentioned, I am uh, not in the country. We are not in the same room, but we've come a long way in 583 episodes, Stephen. I mean, um, there was in, I guess we should find out the number, but it was around 150 odd episodes that we were doing essentially on Skype. Uh, And to be honest, the quality of this visually, like when I'm looking at you, is about as good as it was 10 years ago on Skype. But um, but hopefully... Uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty, it's pretty patchy what I'm seeing, but um, okay. hopefully the the quality of the audio is is many times better the way. And this is this is what's amazing about technology and the evolution, right? You think about back then, what you did was you, you it was just a phone call, so you just recorded it at one end, and it just happened to be done on the internet. So yep. you listen back, it was normally my end was just a million percent quality, and Stevens was let's say eighty or seventy percent. <laughs> sometimes it had dropped down to zero and then come back yeah. up because it was it was the internet. Whereas what happens with this these modern pre, that was pre NBN too. We that's right. Pre-NBN. What happens with these modern podcasting solutions is it actually records a local version of Stephen's audio, a local version of my audio. It gets uploaded to the cloud and then the software merges it all together and hopefully makes it sound pretty good. And um, that's that's the best we can hope for. Um, yeah. So, Stephen, I jumped on a plane um, as a guest of Amazon. And, you know, the thing about Amazon is they're a stupidly large company and you'd know this, but you deal with 16 different people because they've got AWS, they've got Fulfillment, they've got Prime, they've got Prime TV, they've got devices. I'm probably missing something. So yeah. to uh, in reality, I'm here with Amazon devices. So we're talking about the Echo Alexa kind of ecosystem. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, But, you know, I think of Amazon as one big thing. Um, and I, there's no real agenda. There's no product announcement. There's no launch. It's just um, getting a look at the way they operate. There's a bit of a lab here where they're going to show off yep. some smart home stuff. And there is a guy I'm scheduled to be talking to who, in the notes that I was given, and this is why this is relevant today, he wants to talk about their ethical use of AI. Now, I think this is going to become a really hot topic with companies who are dabbling in AI or already yeah. using AI because they need to be seen as being, it's kind of like, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting it at all, this is uh, ethical washing, but you know, the green washing of some announcements is, you know, we're doing this, we're doing that, it's cardboard this, yeah. we're carbon credits that, so that you seem green. Whereas, you know, there's a big difference between that and, say, Apple, who are, you know, building solar farms and whatnot. Um, yep. In this sense, you we've got to take everyone at their word that they are thinking ethically. And this all comes quite relevant because there's a guy called Jeffrey Hinton, who's a 75-year-old, mind you, who announced yep. his resignation from uh, Google in a statement to the New York Times, mind you, um, saying he regretted his work in AI. And yeah, this guy is widely renowned. That, yeah as being the godfather of artificial intelligence. Yeah. I mean, you've got, you yeah. got to worry about yeah. someone of that generation, of that mm. knowledge, because this bloke's a genius, right? He created, um, I think it was in 2012 or something, he created like a neural network that would analyze images. And like neural networks yeah. are the kind of things that are now built into iPhones, right? You know, pro- yeah. uh, software developers now use the neural yeah. networks built into You use it to chips. search for photos on your iPhone. You can do that. That's part of the, the technology. You can search for images, just type in, a, type in dog and pictures of dogs appear in your that's neural. That's, that's the neural engine, isn't it? It's, and it's a great example because yeah. um, Apple's big thing there is they say it, all that processing happening on your device, not happening in the mm. cloud. There's no yeah. privacy concerns. It looks your phone using the neural network looks at each photo and goes, "There's a plane in this. There's a car in that. There's a person in this. Yeah. That's Stephen. That's Trevor. Like yeah. it can identify faces. Yeah. And so that's that's awesome. Oh, and that's all contained, isn't it? As you said, that's all on your device. That's not going up to the cloud and doing any of that. And it is AI in a sense because it's it's a, yeah. it's a it's the device making decisions. But I guess. The, and we've talked about this before, AI being used as a term 
um, to look like you're more forward thinking. I remember this with TV companies. They go, this TV's got AI built in and you're like, it doesn't yeah. really. It's not connected to any <laughs> cloud service. That's an, it's, it's just that you've built a network of knowledge in the computer and in, sorry, in the TV and the TV's making decisions based on that. AI was used to build that knowledge, but we're getting to a point, obviously, where you've got chat GPT, you've got uh, voice manipulation software, you've got photo editing, all these things. And so there is a conversation, the, a serious conversation the about real, the ethics of it all. That, that's been like since, since chat GPT, we're, we're like we've, as you said, AI has been around for quite a while, but since its application with ChatGPT, I think that that's really made people lean lean into it and like sit sit up and take notice of it. Mm. And we've we've already seen how the 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 it can be used. Like I think the the classic example when it first came out was, oh, hang on, students going to use this to do their homework and write their essays and do mm. all these sorts of things. Then you've seen all these other prompts for it to write your real estate listing or your thank you letter and all these other things. So it, it's getting to a point where it can really, and some some very impressive uses of it, mm. like even to the point of writing movies and poetry and, and all this sort of stuff. So it is it is now where we, we all laugh about Skynet and Terminator type scenarios, how the AI is getting more intelligent than the humans. But the scary thing is, it's actually that's actually sort of happening, isn't it? But I think that there's a balance here, and I've done several stories now, and I think there might even be a story on a current affair this week, which we did earlier at the start of the week about not just what it can do. So I'm to be clear, I think it's amazing, but I think it's also oh, yeah. frightening, right? So there's the this is this balance we've got where it's awesome what it can do. But then we need to question what it, what else it can do. And one of the examples I think this um, this Google dude gave was, or maybe it was someone analysing his announcement, was think about a, a human that learns a bunch of information. To pass that information on to 10,000 other people um, would take a lot of time. If uh, an AI computer can absolve a bunch of knowledge, it can then be copied across to 10,000 other AI computers, which can then make the next step of assessment of, of everything and then combine all that knowledge. And so there's this yeah. just exponential and immediate growth of knowledge. And that's what doesn't exist. Like I was thinking about, like, I don't know why I was thinking this as we were driving. I know why I was thinking it. We're driving from the airport to, to the hotel and the driver was speaking another language. And I thought to myself, imagine if, like I'd love to learn another language, but imagine if you could just go computer chip. I now know, I now know the language, right? Just yeah. how wild would that be? Like that is, mm. that is awesome. There are device, devices that can do it. Did you did you see the the TCL glasses at the at yes, mobile? Yes, but no, I'm talking about brain knowledge. I'm talking about just okay. plug it in and go. I've I've now got this oh, knowledge, yeah, okay. right? That's essentially right. what AI is. It's the ability to go. Hang on, I need this knowledge. There's a there's an AI mm. over there. Let's like there will be an AI trading Switch platform, on. right? Imagine yeah. an AI trading platform where you are a business that has been doing all this stuff. Um, You've got some AI knowledge. You might be able to trade that with someone else's AI knowledge that allows you to grow your business or do do bigger things. But then comes the challenge of that's all reasonably positive. It's you know business growth. It might be marketing. It might be whatever. It might be employee assessment. Who knows, right? But what if then countries or state actors, as they call them, are using AI to you know fool people, scam people, overanalyze things, potentially you know hacking? I mean. This is the challenge. Where are the ethics in it? And even if, like, I, my big thing is, oh, we should be calling for regulation and, and legislation, right? Which I agree. I think we should be. But we can't legislate yeah. globally. There is no global. No, not, not yet. But, but, uh, I, you can't, you can't, you can't tell Kazakhstan now. what to do. You know what no, I mean? Like, how? Yeah. But there's got to be, I think we've reached a point now where you need to consider international standards on, on fair use. You, you, you know, like how they're, there, I'm sure there's policies that span the globe on on how technology is used or how certain, like, you know, the mobile networks, the internet and all that is used. So mm. you, you'd imagine that governments will be playing catch up pretty quickly here about about the ethics of this. And you mentioned how how this is being, like, in the wrong hands. Or we've already seen hackers. I think on the Today Show this morning, they had um, someone had done an AI copy of, 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 of Carl Stefanovic and they played his voice back and it sounded like him, but he had a bit of an accent, yeah. Tyler McGee was there from from McAfee, and uh, he was saying that it could be convincing enough for someone if if that's your mother they've imitated. Yeah, it could be convincing enough that 
that you're hearing your mother asking for money, asking for help. And that's the new so, scam, right? Yeah, that's, that side of it. that's the new scam yeah. is, remember last year it was WhatsApp. It was, uh, hey, mum, I've, I've lost my phone. I've yeah. had to get this new one. So now imagine that they um, use voice to, to ring mum and say, mum, I'm stuck. Can you text me some uh, money or whatever? Yeah. So my, my, my thing is I've tested a lot of those voice emulation mm. softwares and they suck with the best one I did. I did a 25-minute read of the script of Planet Earth by David Attenborough and uploaded that 25 minutes, and it's pretty good. Pretty good. It's not great. It's not perfect, but it's pretty darn good. Yeah. If you upload two minutes worth or five minutes worth, it's not great at all. And so, but it'll get better with with more you more need, use. Yeah, yeah. But but so in terms of impersonating, like my daughter, right? Um, I actually, you look at what happens on social media these days, kids don't even upload their own voices. Even on Snapchat, they upload photos of their forehead. They just look down at the, like they're not even really making content. You know, you and I, there are 583 episodes of just this show, let alone our own shows. There's a lot of audio Mm -hmm. of us that someone could take and create artificial us. Like it's possible, but... So, so we, when they do that, just let me ask you this. So if, if you record that 25 minutes as you did or they take a podcast or something, so the, with that, they ingest that audio yep. and does that then allow them to just write a script and it, it's spoken in that voice? Is that how it yeah. works? So the best so software you, you I've got right now that does it had an, had an ethical approach. So I recorded this 25 minutes right. and I uploaded it and then it said to create your new voice, we need you to read this script and you couldn't upload the, the script you had to read it. You had to press record and use the the microphone on your computer or your phone. Ah, right. And it was, you know, using, okay. and it was like in a consent. I am Trevor Long and I, I agree to this happening essentially, right? It was a consent, yeah. a vo- vocal What's consent. What's to stop, hang on. What's to stop someone use say getting an the the podcast on on your on their on their phone and just playing it into the speaker no, it's at a, that time? It's a script. It's a script you have to say. Ah, so it right. says, so it says I can send to this upload right. using this software. Okay. So oh, it's, it's good. pretty good, good, right? So I've got right. – I could ask Channel 9 for, for 30 minutes of Carl talking and I could get it, but I, I wouldn't have him doing that bit. Yes. And, and so, yeah, that's part of his acknowledgement. That's the ethical side of it. Then, you know, I, yeah. I'd had one that would create a video um, like person, like a video – pretend you different voice different voice but a video of you and i uploaded um, my face my lips moving in time and all that i uploaded me and it did it and then i uploaded carl and it said no this is a famous person you can't do this so Um, i don't know what the trigger there is but again it's at least there's some ethics there but these are like these are ethical companies what about the ones that aren't ethical the startup that's just trying to make a billion dollars and do their thing so this is the challenge is where are the ethics who's controlling the ethics um and you know where does it go next? I uh, I think that my biggest concern. I think we've we've mentioned this before. Is we're going to get to a point real soon where you have to be careful what you read, what you hear, what you believe in photos, and what you believe in videos. And I actually I think yeah. I said this to you. I think that it's going to bring back mainstream media because the yeah. the vetting you can't fudge print. You can't fudge print. Do you reckon well, this could I be mean, a no, newspaper? No, you can't. Let's be clear. You can fudge print, but the, the Daily Telegraph would, yeah. would would have a more robust process of agreeing to which photo is used in an article. And there's so many yeah. hands that it goes through that someone's going to say, who took the photo? And if they can't say yeah. it's Sam Rutten or it's this photographer, then how do they yeah. validate? If they can't validate, they won't print it. You're saying, you're saying uh, like big media companies with like authoritative media companies, can you can trust them that they're not going to serve up That's right. AI if you're watching – yeah, I don't know the name of a show, uh, but but uh, 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 an internet-only YouTube channel yeah. that talks conspiracies, then everything they do, you have to question where they got it from, right? Is it a real photo? Now, if everyone else is using the photo and, and the BBC is using the photo, CNN's using the photo, then, then it's probably legit, like if they're sourcing it. Yeah. But So that, that, val- that well, validity will come back, I think. I think it just means now that whatever we see, whatever we hear – Whatever we receive, you got to question it. You got to you got to ask yourself: Is this real? Is this real? Is it a scam? Is this real? You know what I mean? Like is you, this real? I don't know. I don't know. Is that you, Trev? Is that really you? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I can guarantee that at my end, mate. It's at my end. It's all good. <laughs> it's the real deal, mate. Which the real two blokes, but it's. But no, no, seriously, I think that we're all. 
everyone's a little bit uh, skittish about this at the moment yeah. because it's it could be like the scam is the great example. Like them them imagine like you get a call from you one of your kids. Their voice sounds like them saying, "Oh, look, Dad, I'm in trouble. I need some cash. I need you to help yeah. me." And what are you to think? Like, is that really you? Like, yep. Yeah, of course. But of course, you want to help your kids, right? But so why should it's forcing us to second yeah. guess potentially genuine Absolutely things? Absolutely right. Yeah, it's. But I think, but I reckon with my my optimist hat on, and my optimistic hat on, I still reckon AI is going to be a great tool. It's going to be a great way to help us. You know, like with, I know I that students were advised, look, you can use AI to help you to to maybe create a, a guide to you know like a some source source material or a guide to help you write your essay rather than letting it write your essay. Uh, those sort of menial tasks yeah. that, that rather than you having to dive in and to find out research material that could give you the you know if you say i'm writing an essay about king lear by william shakespeare i could ask chat gpt can you give me the 10 most prominent themes that are covered in king lear and it might spit out all of that and then it's up to the then it's yeah. up to me then to to craft that into my essay and i so i've always said i agree with that approach because the, there's already yeah. study guides that exist well, and those study guides google, do exactly that they run google through the 10 anyway. themes yeah. right yeah. Ten key themes of King Lear, right? Yeah. Now, I, I love I love the idea of it still for um, yep. inspiration, you know, uh, whether it's for yeah. marketing blurbs or for oh, new ideas. It, yeah. Love it, great. Um, I, you know, there's obviously there's big court cases and concerns around yeah. music. You know, yeah, what is real music and what true. is AI generated music? Um, I think that I think there'll be a market yeah. for AI generated music. It just needs to not be a rip off of someone else's voice. You know, that's see that's where it tips over the line. Is it's the it's yeah. not the right voice. So we're going to get to a point. This, here's the interesting thing. This becomes, this is where the validity and the verification of people mm. becomes critical. So if you see uh, a, a video from, um, you know, a, a celebrity that says, oh, I've made this commitment, I'm doing this thing, and then you go, is that real? Everyone says it's not real. Well, we'll go to their valid yep. platform, whether it's a Facebook verified account or a Twitter. Yep. Mm, I don't mm -hmm. know. Um, you know, they'll go, we'll go to these verified places to find out whether or not that's yeah. really them. And so these uh, live and genuine social media actually becomes really critical yeah. in the future where basically – you'll be able to validate yeah. or deny things. Well, it's certainly going to present some challenges, that's for sure. And uh, that validation and the, the, the are, are, are we who we say we are, that's going to be a massive thing. Our identification and yeah. us being able to verify who we are. Just just on the voice, though, on the voice imitation, do you remember um, when I think it was the banks used to use voice verification? Remember they used to? I think ANZ still does. Do so, like, is that is that still yeah. going to happen now in this age where you can you can clone someone's voice? Is that going to? It's a it's a worry. Yeah. Like, you know, if you go to all the biometrics, we thought voice was a good thing. No, no. I, I, I'd be turning that Not I'd anymore. be turning that system off. Yeah, well. it's a while away before it affects the average Joe. But yeah, you know, for people, uh, I just think it's it's a it's a word of warning, and and I think that. Globally, there needs to be an approach to this. I don't know how governments stop it, though. I don't know how yeah. governments regulate, you know, companies that are – It's like, if they can't, mate, if they can't regulate income and taxes mm -hmm. and companies find ways around that, how are they going to regulate what they actually do, uh, you yeah, know? Anyway, so I'll, I'll – I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm talking to a guy from Amazon about, like, their devices and yep. stuff to see where AI is used in the process because obviously AI is used. You know, you, it hears your voice and yeah. it makes a decision based on what you say. There's already AI there, but where – are they going to expand it so that it actually thinks for you? So, for example, it sees patterns of what you do and then suggests things. Yep. Maybe that's something I don't know. But I'll um I'll if there's anything big that comes out of it, I'll uh, I'll cover it on eftm.com and we'll talk about it here. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Well, we've uh, I've just just found out uh, just written up on Tech Guide actually that Apple and Google are getting together. Trip. they're partnering oh, and, and this is it's, so lovely it's, it's not what you think it is it's it's about uh, it's about air tags it's about air tags uh, and uh, <laughs> it's about bluetooth tracking technology location tracking and mm -hmm. what they're what they're doing they're they're getting together to come up with specifications that will prevent and, and make it easier for ios and android platforms to detect that unwanted tracking now we know last year. Mm -hmm. Do you remember Apple updated 
the uh, the air tags and allowed you to. So if, if an air tag that doesn't belong to you was in your vicinity rep- over a period of time, you would get a notification. And I think there are. And as someone who's been using yeah. Android for the last three months, yeah, I can tell you. It works. I get every day. I pick up yeah. a different set of keys or a different bag that that, mm. and it just beeps. I mean, here. So how you're hearing? So, you've got apps on the, your Android phone that can do this for no, you. No, the air tags beep. Air tags. Uh, right. make, oh, the actual thing beeps. Right. The actual okay. air tags detect that they're they've been with yeah. the same phone or near the same phone regularly for a certain right. period of time. So and whether so, it's an iPhone or an Android phone, it do, do the same thing. Yeah, it beeps. The, the, well, yeah. the tag doesn't right. beep if it's an iPhone. It tags the beep yeah. if it's an Android phone. If it's an iPhone. Right. And and like if I put an iPhone in you your if I put an AirTag in your little bag and you don't know about it, you <laughs> will get a notification. And I think this is let's be clear: the announcement that uh, Apple and Google make is very uh, top level, broad. Just says we're working yeah. together. It mentions all the tracker makers like Tile and yeah. um, Samsung, Samsung and others, yeah. but um, it doesn't really yeah. talk about what it is. So let me let me paint a picture of what I think it will be. Think about what happens on an Apple phone when you're being tracked um it's it doesn't just something doesn't beep it actually comes up on your phone and says there's an air tag with you it shows you a map of Mm. of where you've been where it's pinged locations and it gives you then the course of actions or what to do what to click what to have happen right so i think my guess is what they're doing is they're working to ensure that firstly on android phones that same pop-up can appear yeah with a location and all that stuff. And secondly, whether it's an iPhone or an Android, if it's a Samsung or another Chipotle or whatever they're called or Tile tracking tag, those will also show this kind of – it needs to be more information than just a beep or a a notification. It needs to give you data. They're working on the specification so that it can be used across all platforms by all the manufacturers. So if the manufacturers decide to build in those capabilities in their – future products then there's there there's something generic for everyone to work from so there it's apple google samsung tile chipolo that's that one not chipotle yeah. chipolo <laughs> uh eufy security and pebble b they're the main ones mm-hmm. so this will work whether you it's, a, it's an air tag or a tile or a chipolo product or whatever it happens to be so the idea of this this little venture between apple and google is to try to make it so that they're all singing out of the same hymn book when it comes to the specification to detect that unwanted tracking. So it'll work across iOS and Android platforms. But you see what I so, mean? Uh, it'll, all, it, what they want oh, yeah. is for the for the Android users to see the same thing. Because you have to say AirTags is the gold standard. It shows yeah. exhaustive information to iPhone users. But the problem is Android users don't really see anything remarkable. I think that's what well, they're trying to nail. They, I'm reading more into it. It's going to be more a Bluetooth specification, which is more of the standard rather than it being an iOS and Android standard. So it's going to be built into the Bluetooth specification. Oh, I so think I think it's as much about the work. what the way the Bluetooth. So it's about how the Bluetooth communicates. So what what Apple has within the AirTag is a set of signals, you know, like codes <laughs> that the that the AirTag is sending to iPhones, and that's allowing uh, the AirTag to send information to even its un its not its owner's iPhone. And so I think yeah. what Apple is trying to do is say, let's all get on the same page with the way those things work. And at the same time, let's also get on the same page about how people are notified about this. That is what yeah. pops up on the screen. Because without the well, notification, it's useless. They've even got uh, they've even included the safety and advocacy groups to help them develop the standard, to, to develop the specification. So they're talking to... Uh, you know, people in you know, domestic violence and all these uh, these other safety and advocacy groups in the US to get them involved as well. Yeah. So they're all they're all having a say. It's good to see that they're coming together to prevent this unwanted tracking. Yeah, I think because from Apple's point of view, they worked with um, those kind of groups when they launched the AirTag because they knew this was a thing. Yeah. But and yeah. so they tried to get ahead of it. But actually, when they did the launch, when it first came out, they talked mm-hmm. about how they would, they'd worked with, you know, support networks and groups and things like that. Um, yeah. But I think it took them by surprise how much negative clout they got over the, the fact that they could be used as trackers, which is, and they've improved yeah. it. They've done huge things to make oh, it a better product. Massive, yeah. 
and they're going to do more by the sounds of this. Yeah, exactly. Way more. All right. Well, if you want to read more about the Google and Apple getting into bed together over uh, trackers, uh, it sounds a lot more interesting than it, than it might be for now, But it's and it's going to take time. It's going to take time for the yeah. standards to come up with. Uh, you find our details at uh, techguide.com.au. Everything about tech you never wanted to know. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And we do it all thanks to the great people at Netgear. And Netgear describe uh, the Netgear Orbi in the, in, the, in the perfect way. Surround your home in flawless Wi-Fi. That's what you want. You don't just want Wi-Fi. Everyone gets Wi-Fi from an internet provider. But what Orbi does is it takes it to the next level. Firstly, it puts it all through your home. So with uh, an Orbi device, you get a router and a satellite or multiple satellites, and they can be within your home, providing great connectivity for your home based on the internet that you buy. So you don't have to change anything about the internet. You don't even have to change your modem. You can plug an Orbi directly into your existing modem, modem, but it delivers an uncompromising performance, coverage, and protection across your entire home because you get great alerts about new new devices that are trying to connect to your network, any um, uh, attacks that are, that are happening on your network from a cybersecurity point of view because there's uh, uh, software built in that you can subscribe to that will also not just keep your network safe but keep your devices safe too. So all the details about Netgear Orbi products are at netgear.com.au. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennec. Now, I was uh, I was out a couple of weekends ago with a mate of mine, and he was that day showing me some Facebook messages that he'd received while trying to sell a chest of drawers. <laughs> and it was fascinating to me because he picked up and spotted a scam from the get-go, and I'm, I'm kind of really proud of him, but also it scared the crap out of me because pay ID – um, is 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 a is a code essentially that we all can use at our banks, whether it's your phone number, your email address, or an ABN. There's different things you can choose that allows you to send money to each other without having to hand over your bank account details. So right. Stephen needs money from me because he's struggling. Instead <laughs> of me saying, uh, "What's your BSB and account number?" I say, "Mate, if you just registered your your uh, mobile phone number as your pay ID, yep, cool, cool." So I go to my bank, I type in your mobile phone number, it actually comes up saying. Stephen Fennick, yep. and I go, yep, send him the, the $20 that he needs for dinner because he's struggling. $20. Yeah, mate, mate, you're struggling. You've got to learn to eat on a budget, okay? Right? Okay, yeah. <laughs> so that's the – and it's instant. The money is in yep. your bank instantly, and that's why Pay ID is so awesome. It's actually built by the people that are behind BPay. Um, we talked about it a couple of years ago when it came out. It's, it's changed the game in terms of money transfers and payments because it's instant. And that means that when you're – going to buy a chest of drawers on Marketplace that are $40, yep. you can say to someone, oh, before you come pick them up, send me the money. And you can say, it's my pay ID, here's my mobile number, send me the money. Yep. And you can then check your bank and go, well, the money's there. And when they come, you just hand over the thing, right? So cash becomes right. less less prevalent, right? It's been Brilliant. around for a while. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So the scam here is, and it's it's a, it's a good one. They're, they're, it's it's I reckon this is going to hit – um, half savvy people, people who know what pay ID is, they're they're across yeah. that, but they're not quite savvy enough to understand what they're what they're seeing here. So, yeah. let's say you've said, "Yep, great, thanks, it's still available, sold." Here's my mobile phone number, pay me. They go, "Yep, cool, cool, it's done." And then they go, "Hang on a minute, I just got a a, a confirmation from pay ID. It says um, that this the 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 account limit is low. I need to you need to be upgraded to a business account." And the person at the other end, the person selling the chest of drawers, yeah. gets the same message as an iMessage. In this case, they're, a, they're an Apple user, right? Yeah. So they get an iMessage from an email address that looks like PayID pay at PayID something or other. Yeah. It's got a PayID logo on it. And it says, oh, this person tried to send you $40. Um, click yes. Just reply yes to, to agree. You go, yes, I want the money, which doesn't actually happen. So that's the first flag. It doesn't normally um, want your verification it just happens yep. and then it says sends you this long message saying you've received a payment of $40 but we have a problem crediting your account the payment of $40 is pending as the status of your account um, uh, is limited and you're not a business uh, business user uh, so this and basically it goes on to say look contact the buyer and ask them to send you $400 which will tip you over the edge and make you be able to receive this payment so you're thinking Wait, I get forty dollars, but they need to send me four hundred. That tips over my account so that I can do that. Okay, they don't want me to send money. It's cool. I can do that. 
And then, so a good good person's going to realize this is out of the ordinary. This is not real. This is not normal. But it's happening, and people are being scammed. So then, what the what the buyer says to you is, look. I've got this message. It tells me I've got to send you $400. I'm happy to do that because I really want the chest of drawers. So here's the $400. Um, uh, here's my BSB and account number. Can you send me the $400 back? So the, the, the scammer, the buyer of the chest of drawers, is pretending to send you $400 and asking for you to send $400 back because, you know, they sent it to you. And here's the kicker. They send you a like a screenshot of what looks like a bank transfer mm. saying, you know, they've sent the money and it's got your name on it, the pay ID, OSCO logo. It's pretty elaborate. It's pretty so, elaborate. So if you so if you um so where the pay ID that just uses your bank account, doesn't it? Yeah, so that's right. You go into your bank account. Yep. And the pay ID is just the mechanism from getting from one bank account to another bank account Correct. using your Mobile phone, mobile is your phone ID, number, yeah. rather than your pay your bank details. That's if you're right, receiving, yeah. if you're receiving money, I don't mind giving some of my bank details, my BSB and my account number. If I'm if I'm receiving money, yes, but that's that, not the that, scam here. The scam is that I don't give you mine. They, the buyer, the scammer, gives you their BSB and account number, so you can recredit them back the four hundred dollars that they pretended they, to give you. They didn't even send you. Yeah, right. <laughs> so Doris is sitting yeah. there. Yeah, she, she thinks she sold the thing, and she's happy to receive four hundred dollars and help this guy out because she's yeah. just giving back the four hundred dollars. So she sees this text message saying, "I've done it. Here's the bank transfer details. The four hundred dollars is there." And Doris sends back the four hundred dollars to the scammer, but Doris never received the four hundred dollars in the first place. So Doris is out four hundred dollars because the scammer tricked them into thinking that pay ID required some additional payment mechanism. It's bloody, it's bloody sad, it, it, mate. People are falling for that. Like it just seems oh, yeah. too. It seems too many steps involved for you to. <laughs> there is, but it's elaborate, mate. They've got screenshots from bank transfers that yeah. have the pay ID logo on it. So if you ever use pay ID, you notice it and you go, "That's that's real." It was only it, little things like when I noticed it. Um, I was looking at this, seeing how they did it right. And now my mate uses a different name on Facebook. He uses like his his nickname, right. and and so on the bank transfer it says transfer to his nickname, which is his Facebook name, and there's no way his bank account is in that 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 name. Yeah, right. You know when you use Pay ID, and if I type your mobile number, it will say the name of your bank account. It won't say your nickname from Facebook. So yeah, there's a right. lot of little signs along the way. But mate, yeah, but, here's the thing: it's not yeah. you and I that are getting scammed by this. Yeah, it's mums and grandmas yeah. and grandparents yeah. and granddads. It's a different generation, and they're being scammed out of their own money. So, but, but let me ask you this: right, say that I say I got scammed, right? Say apart from the scenario of me being a homeless person needing twenty bucks for dinner, okay? Yeah, that's right. Yep. How how if I sent you say that was the scam was on me? Don't I have your bank account, your name, and your BSB number? Is that enough? So if I say, "Well, Trevor Long scammed me," I've got his, I've got his this account number and BSB. Main, yes. Why this, can't the bank just say, "Okay, Trev, give him his money back"? Well, can't the can't you? If I know your account number and your BSB, the BSB reveals what bank you're at. Yeah. So even even if you don't who give you me your call? name, this is the problem. Well, the who bank, do you call? But you the call, bank, well, who do you call? Your bank or their bank? No, their bank. Their bank's going to say, mate, what are you talking about? When you're not a customer of ours. Yeah. Do you know well, what I mean? This I'd is the problem. My, no, but I'd call my bank too to say, look, this transfer. And they'll say, mate, you made a legitimate BSB and account but number that, transfer. This is where it all, this is where civilization fails, right? Because if I can, can make a formal complaint to say, I've transferred money that I know is a scam, get my money back, right? So if, if the bank doesn't believe you, so whose word is it like a he said, she said situation? So their banks yeah. can say, well, I'm sorry, you sent the money. Well, firstly, our, in, in good faith, our client is, how, is doing the right thing. How long did it take for Doris to realize she'd been scammed, right? So if yeah. it takes more than an hour, the money's gone because you you got no idea. No, no doubt they've already withdrawn the money for the, that's been scammed. So money's been transferred to a bank account. They've withdrawn it because it's, you know, they've, they've won the scam, right? So firstly, yeah. how long does it take her to realize is she mm. willing to to admit she was scammed? Because most people are too scared to admit yeah. it to anyone. But my biggest problem is this scam is the easiest one for authorities to crack down on because for the scam to be executed, mm. it must require a legitimate Australian account, like a BSB and account number. 
Yeah. So the authorities can simply go to, you know, with a court order or whatever's required, hey, Commonwealth Bank, who owns this account number? They're scammers. They're, now, they're, it's they're quite That's possible right. that the other part of the scam is that the scammers have actually infiltrated someone else's account and are just using wow. it as a through mechanism. So let's yeah. leave that aside. But my biggest message here is you've got to report this stuff. Yeah. You've got to go to scamwatch.gov.au. And what I found out through this process was I'd never actually looked at what happens on Scamwatch. I know it's where we find out information of what's happening. But if you go there and you report a scam, you type in all your information, provide everything you can. Firstly, Scamwatch learns about how many people are falling victim to this or at least how many people are seeing these scams. But it does say that where relevant, we may hand your information over to authorities. So I think that's a good thing that Scamwatch may actually hand your details over to the police or whoever's responsible. But I think the, the scams, they count on the fact that the banks aren't going to help you. That's like, right. That, that's part of the success of this. That is the success of the scam is that the bank, there's no mechanism for you to say, hang on, that's a scam. I want my money back. That's right. And, and I know Commonwealth Bank, I'm with Commonwealth Bank, so if I transfer money to someone who I haven't done business with, I've got to get, first of all, I've got to get the net code, which is that's just their their way of saying, are you sure this is your first code, which is one. But the other thing that happens too is that they put a hold on that money for 24 hours. Depends so on the amount. on transaction. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, doesn't that, doesn't that sort of, it couldn't there be something where, okay, here's the money that's transferred and there should be like a window, like a 24-hour or 48-hour window for you to say, okay, a, the, the the opportunity for you to say, identify this as a scam to well, prevent transaction re- from- Rewind to our conversation of three weeks ago, two weeks ago, whenever it was. Yeah. About this same similar thing um, yep. and how banks need to take responsibility. And I got a bit of feedback about that and we appreciate it from everyone. Yeah. But so here's the thing. The banks know this particular scam is happening. Yeah. So the biggest trigger should be it's a new transfer to a bank you've never seen, another account yeah. you've never seen, yeah. and it's $400. Yeah. That's the it's number. A, it's it's on, too significant I've, account. Yeah. I've seen it. No, but it's exactly $400 is what they want. Like I've seen multiple reports of this scam. It's always $400. So uh. that should be a massive red flag that not just puts a transfer on hold because I, I respect that. That's good. But again, yeah. is Doris noticing within 24 hours? Probably not. Why doesn't the bank ring Doris and say, hey, Doris, why did you transfer $400 to that account? Just want to check it was real. And she'll go, oh, to make sure my pay ID was working. This happened, and they'd be like, no, nah, full stop, done, cancel. Yeah. This is where society falls down. We're not yeah. willing to, we're not, they're not willing to actually help people. And I think that's the saddest part is of it, all. Isn't also, too, like, you know, if, if I make, if I want to make a transaction, say I'm doing business with someone, we're going to, I'm going to transfer money, mm. shouldn't there also be a way for you to have like verification of your ID to verify who you are to make sure that? This bank account belongs to Stephen Fennec. Here, here's my. You my mean the other person's ID? Well, both, that's both parties. But that's both exactly parties. why pay yeah. ID exists, and that's the that's the annoying yeah. part of this scam is the annoying yeah, well, the annoying part of this scam is they they've they've done the right thing by scamming people with pay ID, but then they rely on a on a BSB and account number to get the money back. If if it did use pay ID in reverse, you'd find out the name was wrong. I bet you any money, yeah. because the, I bet you they're using um, scammed bank accounts to actually get the money out because if you use pay id like if i go to send you that 20 dollars, and i type in your phone number wrong mm. and and just by chance the wrong number i put in is a valid pay id it'll say that, that i'm paying you know joe blogs and i'll be like hang on a minute oh this is mm. there's something wrong here so yeah, there right. is already that in place with pay id yep. so pay id the, the biggest thing i want to say is pay id is the best the safest, the quickest way to transfer money. But please tell your family, your friends, your neighbours, the yeah. elderly people in your street, in your life, please tell them that pay ID is great, but don't ever, ever believe an SMS message that says that pay ID is in any way requiring you to do anything because it doesn't. Mm. You don't even get a text message when someone transfers reckon, your money. Like, do you reckon the people who would be the traditional, the typical victim of this sort of scam are savvy enough to use pay, pay ID? Is it, is it that? I, I think, I think I, my bet is if they're not that this, these scammers talk them through it. 
I bet you no. any money they talk them through how to do it. They got yeah. time. They got, it's just a database Those of text. That's got exactly. They're scum. Bastards. Anyway, well, what, what, what the, <clears throat> I reckon that that's. I, I know they're very hard to track down, and they've obviously often in other countries and various things like that. But if you can, if you ever caught someone, there should be some massive, massive uh, sentence for 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 the, someone scamming you like that. Someone needs to be made an example of public floggings again. Bring that back. No, no, I mean like you know, dead set jail time. Oh, mate, absolutely. If, if you if you catch someone who's running these scams and scam people, whether it's a hundred bucks or a hundred thousand bucks, it, it should be like a significant sentence, like a ten to fifteen year sentence in jail. I'll give you a tip: if someone's scamming people out of a hundred bucks, I bet you that they're scamming them out of hundreds of thousands overall because what they've got is lots of little things. <clears throat> that's, that's, that's the honeypot yeah. is, is a simple yeah. scam. And that's what this is. This is a simple scam that probably uh, – so the reason I, I, I wrote this, it was a couple of weeks after I heard about it, was because I saw a lot of messages, um, I think it was in the Mayor Cave, but it might have been somewhere else, from people saying, I, I've been selling a lot on Facebook Marketplace and now whenever I do it, I get these messages telling me that I've got to use pay ID and there's this. so it's a massive yeah. Facebook marketplace scam right now and it's a warning. Yeah, event. I was just my thoughts went to because I'm selling my car on carsales.com.au. Like it, it wouldn't surprise me if someone would try to sort of use those sort of buying a car as a it's, it's like, been done before. So way more than a chest of drawers. I forget the what yeah, the scam is, money. but often it, the scam is that you get a message from someone saying, "Hey, I'm a you know, I'm a marine. I'm currently on active service. We're in the." Friggin' golf on patrols. Um, love the car. Um, I, I want to get get it to my sister's place. Um, yada yada yada. Um, and there's a, there's some weird thing that happens. Like they get you to pay for the shipping of the car, and then they'll pay you like double that. And and no that's way, and that's if. and that's the scam. No, but it's it's yeah, trust yeah. me, it's not as simple as that. It's yeah, it's, no. it's yeah. really elaborate. Um, okay. But the car company, the the websites have cracked down on the way you get the information, but. Mate, it's yeah. there's there's always another scam. Like there's always going to be another scam because exactly they're, right. they're criminals. They're always one step ahead of us and the cops. Frightening. Anyway, yeah. if you want to see those screenshots of all the um, all the messages that happen in that POD scam, they're at eftm.com. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennec. Well, there is a lot of talk around the the whole folding smartphone market. Yeah, we've we've yeah. we obviously know that Samsung's been in the game a while, Oppo as well uh, this year with a product, and others have tried or maybe put out prototypes and various things. And the latest yeah. rumor, of course, is that and the rumors are pretty strong that Google's also going to join the fold. Get it? You like that? Yeah, yeah. I saw it. We've seen so many renders of oh, this yeah. thing. Um, renders. I've seen cases yeah. um, or allegedly cases for it. Um, from all the right places, yeah. you know. I think we talked about it last week. Um, there was there was some rumours uh, around, but I feel like those rumours are, are stronger than oh, ever. Yeah, so, cool. and there is, I think, a Google I/O is it's next week. Or something. Week, yeah. It's normally where they announce some pixel stuff. So, I guess, I guess what'll be fascinating to me, and why I'm most fascinated about the Google, and we'll talk about Samsung in a second, is we've just we've just had Oppo do the the flip. Samsung, their last phone was in August. So, if Google can bring this thing to market in late June or even early June. Um, like imagine, do you remember when the Pixel first came out, Telstra stores put Pixel right yeah, at the front of the store. Yeah. Like they went hard. If Google does that again and goes real hard with Pixel Fold, bloody banners and everything mm. and signs, they could they could really steal some eyeballs from Samsung. I think that's a huge threat to but Samsung. But do you reckon, like, so Samsung, that's the other part of it. Samsung normally has events, the event in August, and the word is that the, the, it may be earlier. That rumour's been around a while. That could even be the month earlier. So is that is that, and do you I reckon, to combat the Google effect here? or and, and would Google have enough time to get their product out before Samsung has their their product well i mean uh, you know samsung is normally in the second odd week of august um they would samsung would need to bring their event forward to june to beat google to market surely and i just don't see that it's one thing to announce when does it launch though that's the thing isn't it so if they announce their io is next week right so we're assuming let's assume that they're going to have a folding phone yep the rumors have been too strong so if they announce in next on May 11 or whatever the date is, how soon do you reckon customers can get that in their hands? Is it is it a, have they got the 
have they already been manufacturing for three months, making enough stock to go around the world, or is this going to be released near in September when the iPhone yeah, comes? Yeah, so out? you got that whole, you know, Apple Mac Pro thing where it gets announced and then takes uh, you know six months to be actually made available. I don't know. I don't. I don't mm. see that happening a lot in the smartphone space right now. So I think Google announces the phone and then. You know, it's it's on sale a week or so later, and so that's their ability is to beat Samsung, like literally to the punch by a month and a half. If they're able to get the thing out by the end of May, so you're sorry, you're saying that maybe in in by end of May, early June, that they there's could a have Google a fold, fold on the market, the, and that's and a you big, start walking into a Telstra store, yeah. Samsung, Samsung's grass, Samsung's by a month grass and a half. has been cut yeah. by a month and a half, and Samsung's been moved because you know that that key area of the store. Sam, yeah. Telstra's going to want to give that to the newest best device and the one paying the most. Yeah. I just think that would be a huge, huge problem for Samsung because you've got to remember while they have these peaks of the launches, you know, February and August, yep. the troughs they don't want them ever to fall flat. So that's why they have these price incentives and stuff now and then. So, yeah. so Samsung doesn't want to see their store frontage completely disappear because they would, their, their sales might trough off. So I don't know. I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a fascinating time for Samsung right now. Well, speaking of Samsung, uh, I did see there's some pretty solid price cuts for the the Z Fold Four. Yep. I've I've seen like up to 44 percent off. I'm seeing there were some solid ones, I'm, you know. I'm in looking the right now start of on, March. On, yeah, on Amazon, I'm looking on Amazon right now. Yep, and there they've got the Galaxy Z Fold Four 5G, five twelve gig, formerly two thousand six hundred and ninety nine bucks. I can buy it today and have it tomorrow for one thousand five hundred and sixty nine bucks. Well. At JB Hi-Fi, they say the price was twenty nine ninety nine. It's one seven nine nine. Right. And so does this. So this also asks the question: Then what twelve hundred sort of dollars off? Wow. What what sort of price point do you think where Google will land in then? Are Hang they, on. Are they sorry. Gonna, is this going to be sorry? There's which one yeah. was that? The two fifty six that you were looking at? No, five twelve. My one. Oh, so, so the five oh, there's no five twelve on, on Amazon. JB website. Five twelve sixteen nineteen on JB one six one nine. Fifteen sixty nine on Amazon. And the two fifty six is fourteen ninety nine. That's a thousand dollars off. Does this, is that another is that another way for Samsung to spoil the party a bit for the for the for the Galaxy? Oh, sorry, the uh, Pixel yeah, because, Fold if it, if it if actually eventuates because you. You'd have to be a massive Pixel fan to not accept that Samsung has five, four generations of yeah. history, market research, build quality improvements built into the device that you can now get for a thousand dollars off. I, I get the feeling from all the rumors and mm -hmm. the you know those leaks or alleged rumored alleged leaks of the the Pixel folding device that it's going to be a bit more. Consumer aimed, it's, yeah, it's, it's also not going to be like I know the Z Fold 4 is a really high end product, it, you can write on the screen, so it, it's obviously aimed at the sort of professionals and and these those power users. Do you think the Pixel hmm. Fold is going to be sort of a different approach with that? Do you reckon it's it's going to be more for every and everybody type folding device? I know the, the, the Galaxy Z Fold 4 to me, I, I can't see like a, a a casual user even using this product, uh, but yet the, the, the Pixel Fold customer could be the, the totally different different size and shape to a Samsung customer in the folding device. You know what I mean? Like, is it yeah. going to be more approach, a more approachable I don't, I don't, product? I think it's the exact same, the market. I think it's the exact yeah. same market. Um, they just want people who want something ridiculously cool and different. Well, then, then let's and talk. Well, we mentioned fold price. Like, what, 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 what is the the Pixel Fold price going to look like then? If 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 I can buy a Z Fold Four with five twelve gig, with which what looks like a bigger screen, bigger front screen than a Google phone, why would I want to buy the Google folding phone? Is it because it's a Google phone? Like, what, what's the, the, the this is the tricky part of this they are, are i'm hearing that it's going to be around two grand their folding phone the 18, pixel. 1600 to two thousand dollars aussie dollars that makes it more expensive than a discounted fold four yeah but it makes it a thousand dollars less than a brand new flip fold five 
like yeah. a, for a 2023 model. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. <clears throat> You're yeah. looking at last generation there. So I think yeah. most people would favor something new and innovative and different design, different everything with a Pixel than yeah. a, a last year's Fold, which is so wild you, to say. Wild. And are you, are you hearing the same rumors as, as I about the Pixel Fold and how it's probably going to be a roughly the, about the just slightly shorter than a Pixel 6a, let's say? And similar shape, so that it is going to be a bit sl- um, shorter than a. I think it's yeah. like I said to you last week. I genuinely believe it's going to be fatter, yeah. so wider screen, and compared to the Samsung, right. not as tall. Yeah. It basically it look look like a basketballer standing yeah, next right. to a rugby. So that, that means that the front screen is going to be wider, easier to do things, messaging and everything, and. The inside screen it's, will then be. It's Fennec. It's made for. Well, Stephen I think Fennec. what what sort of pressure does this put on Samsung though? There's I haven't seen. Have you seen many leaks about the Z Fold Five, the upcoming new model? Have you seen any design leaks? <laughs> yes, I've seen some. I've seen yeah. some renders or photos, different? and mate, it looks really exactly wow. the same. It does appear to be uh-huh. slightly thinner. Like we're talking yep. in- increments of millimeters, potentially because of the flat gap fold, or the, the crease. Yeah. Any word on the <clears> size maybe, yeah. and width I mean, of the mate, front screen? If Samsung, it looks wow. exactly the same. So they're rendered. They're, they're rendered. The leaks, anyway, the right? rumors. rumors. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> mate, it's not going to get dramatically different. If it's different, it's different by oh. millimeters, not okay. not anything major. It's interesting. This whole area, I think, is um, it, it's going to become more mainstream, I'm sure. It, it, as And, of course, you know, we haven't even mentioned Apple and what they're going to do with this in the next year or two or three or whatever they're going to do. I think we've covered that extensively in the yeah. past. We know that they're not going to do anything immediately, but they have to but do something. But I think, long like, term, like, so. like always, like whatever happens every time in the past, whenever Apple decides to do something, it's official. It, it'll, it'll be, be out of the past. It's official. This is real now. A folding phone, sure. But what? How good's that? You tell them Samsung's been doing it for five years, and they'll go, "Oh, really?" If I'm Samsung, I'm getting the billboards ready now. 2023, yeah. 2022, 2021, 2020, 2019, yeah. 2018. <laughs> here, are the yeah. fo- here are the folding phones we've launched. Ours, yeah. ours are the, stood the test of time. They work. Trust our users yeah. or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's not hard. The to new make. kid on the block, though, they might call it. The new kid on the block with a folding well, phone. Well, I always said, I said when Oppo came out, I said that this Google, Oppo, Samsung will have years of 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 advancement on Apple in this space, and that that may not mean anything, but it could mean absolute market dominance. Because if you look at Australia, we went from BlackBerry to suddenly iPhone and Samsung, because they were essentially first and most aggressive to market with the smartphone concept. So if yeah. if you're looking at a generational change in the in the concept of a smartphone, then you want to be one of the big three first ones in and, and to get market share. That's what I reckon anyway. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, we'll bring in news next week of, uh, of what Google really do announce. And uh, when Samsung's ready, we'll let you know. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech, uh, proudly supported by Arlo. And it just so happens that Trevor and I I don't know, was this timing or what? Did you know that I was putting my review out this week? Or no? So idea. we both had our reviews out at the same time. See, that's that's awesome. same day Monday. Osmosis, yeah. mate. That's um, osmosis. Andy. It's like you know we're 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 connected. We're linked. We we like. Uh, no, I'm not going to suggest what we're like. Twins. With, for people. <laughs> yeah, I was, was going to talk about. <laughs> well, I'll just say this, ladies in the workplace. Anyway, moving on. Thinking okay. up. Um, <laughs> yeah, my cycle's nowhere near yours, mate. Don't worry about that. Stop. All right. But anyway, let's talk about the camera, shall we? Because the Arlo... Also, just a shout-out to Lambro and the team. We didn't get any feedback on our amazing idea for Mother's Day. Yes. Anyway, I've actually got... And they've sent out a new Mother's Day ad, too. I've noticed there's a new... Yeah. New, uh, it doesn't include my stuff. No, anyway, that sorry. Was a I brilliant idea. I agree. And, yeah, shout-out to Lambro, mate. We want some feedback. Absolutely. So what was that, last <laughs> week's episode or the week before? Two it's weeks like ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. listen to episode 581, I think it was. But anyway, the Pro 5 2K, and I think the what really impressed me with this was the difference. Like, as I replaced two of my older Arlo cameras with the, with the two yep. new ones, and the difference in the speed at which the video came up on, on the app and also mm-hmm. the clarity of the video with the HDR on board 
mate. It was it was noticeably better. You agree with that? I do. I think that for me, the the speed was was an important differentiator for me. Um, but I think that that one of the things you don't notice, and we talked about this last week, was you go from like a, I think it's a ten bit to a twelve bit chip, and there's just better clarity in in situations like sunrise and sunset. And I've got my yeah. camera, the driveway camera is one of the ones I replace. It it does. It looks out onto what would be sunset every day. And so, you know, those are the moments where you want to actually, you know, have clarity of what's happening in front of you. So that's cool. Plus, I I, I do love the fact that if you upgrade, uh, if you're existing Arlo user and you get a Pro 5, or or this is your first one, the Arlo app kind of significantly changes. It becomes the the new interface. And I'll I'll say straight up. It does like an internal upgrade, doesn't it? Does it download a new version from the App Store? It just upgrades internally, doesn't it? That's right. It's very smart. It's it's just the interface changes. And look, for existing Arlo users, it's a a journey. It really is. I'll be honest with you. But for new people, I think it's a much easier interface to understand got three modes i'm either armed i'm armed at home or i'm on standby i love the simplicity of that and and i like how they've put that on the front page like the old app you used to have to dig Mm. down into a couple of menus to get i've got like 12 cameras and now on the dashboard i can just i just want to see these cameras these are the cameras i want easy access to little things like that make a big difference and i will say to you this battery life now i've got i installed two pro fives one of them's on a um on a solar panel so I don't. Yep. I can tell you the battery life's amazing because it's constant. The other one, <laughs> they say thirty percent increase in battery life. Yep. I, I would say definitely. I, I've yep. I've changed it less than I've changed the others, and that's what matters. You're getting better battery and, life, and, and so that, it's the same different. Same size that camera, same size battery, works. everything. Yeah, well, that's thirty percent. That means like normally, like it's normally three to four months. I I charge my batteries on my camera. Yeah. So that that's weeks of difference in terms of charge. Well, I don't get anyone. No one visits me, so um, ours last year's. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> but also too, I reckon the dual band connectivity too. That that oh, that I reckon that plays a part in not only faster setup, but also faster response time. So when you you're seeing your videos a lot quicker, so less buffering, speedier responses. You click on I click on yeah you know, my front door. I've got the front door and the back deck. My the two new cameras, and boom, the video's up there. I mean, I'm seeing it in seconds. Yeah. It's excellent. Uh, so the Arlo, and, and by the way, uh, cheaper this year than they were when the Arlo Pro yeah, 4 came so three twenty nine for one. But I, I honestly reckon you, you, you'd be mad not to go the the multi pack. So if you go to the the double pack, it's five ninety nine. So that means each camera is less than three hundred. You go the four pack, even cheaper still. So yeah. per per camera. So it makes sense. I think if you're going if you're going into this for the first time, you so first time out. I'd go the whole, go the four pack because you got front door, back door, sides, or everything's covered. Not a bad way to get into it. Or of course, if you want to just try it one at a time, three twenty nine for the single camera. You can build on that as well. But uh, the two blokes can tell you these, this is the security we use at our place. We recommend it highly to our listeners, and they've all responded positively. They've all said they they love their Arlo cameras, and this new Pro Five Two K definitely worth checking out. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're pointing at me like I should be saying something right now. Is that right, Trevor? Pretty much. Yep. Uh, that's, that's right. Me yeah, saying it you is. Talk. <laughs> okay. Well, I did. I did write on Tech Guide yesterday uh, a study that was done by Espresso Displays. You know that Aussie startup. Yep. Have you got a few of those screens? I've got. Oh, I've, got, I've, got I've got two of those screens. Yeah. I've got one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I use them. I use one with my laptop. But I use another one when I'm scoping. Would you believe uh, when I'm, when I'm on a scope? Do. It's my secondary screen. So if I'm doing my polar alignments, I can. There's a screen right next to me that I can. Because so, you got to find. Sounds it. like a yoga pose. <laughs> no, it is. The point is, they're very handy. You can use them anywhere. And this study really uh, takes a deep dive. It's a really good snapshot into our work habits, uh, where we want to work, where we'd love to work, and of course. Espresso, the timing of the launch of their business came at a perfect time just before COVID yeah. <laughs> when, when everyone then was working from home. Having an espresso display made everyone more productive. It meant that you can work from anywhere. Uh, the research said, that, and the research was among more than a 1,000 corporate workers from more than 60 different companies. Uh, and they, they said that the, they noticed that now companies are now supporting uh, are flexible with your where you want to work. Like it's common now, and I probably you've heard this too, for people to work 
three days in the office, two days from home. So that's a lot more common now. So there's that flexibility now between the employer and their employees, as long as they're getting their work done and they're staying productive. And the way they're staying productive is by having a a setup like this. I think 60% of respondents said that having an extra, this extra screen real estate makes them way more productive because they can do more because of that added screen real estate. And the thing about the espresso display is that it is super light, super portable, has a great little accessory stand you can get. So if you're a proper work from home, but you don't have a full office setup because you're you know, a small apartment yeah. with your partner or whatever, you might set up on the kitchen table. You might set, you might have a desk that you, yeah. you share. This means you can have it set up, but then you can just pack it down when you when yeah. you when you're not using. Or you can it. set up in a cafe if you want. Oh, I was just about to say, how well do yeah. you need to know your cafe to set up yeah. a multi-screen <laughs> laptop yeah. scenario? But I think well, all you need is room, and I think once you buy your coffee, you don't just rock up and just bleed their their Wi-Fi. Once you buy the coffee, that's kind of your pass to be there for a bit. Yeah. I've seen signs in some coffee shops that says maximum time and oh, per really? table is an hour i've seen signs because i reckon a lot of people they they buy a four four fifty five dollar coffee and and use that table for three hours yeah that's not really economical for the cafe is it taking the mickey there, there a little bit <laughs> you know? yeah so it costs you more than a coffee but no i have seen signs saying that an hour limit per per table after you buy your coffee so yeah, yeah. but i think the the funny thing about this survey was that if they had a choice, they asked them if you had a choice to work from anywhere, the top five work from anywhere choices were Bali, Italy, Thailand, Japan, and regional Australia. And a high percentage of the people who chose regional regional Australia were wanting to live and work from a van. So, you know, they're traveling around like van my son's life, doing. Van life, mate. Van life. Van life. That's it. But the top five work from anywhere locations, so we're talking – Beachside, mountain cabin, a cafe, their own home, and the road. Anywhere and everywhere as a global nomad. Very nice. So again, it reinforces what I've always said, mate. Work is a thing you do, not a place you go. Would you agree with that? Prophetic advice from Stephen Fennick here on Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening, everyone. Hopefully you're getting some great Great learnings for your future <laughs> and the way you way you look, approach your work-life balance. Good luck, Jen. If you want to read that story, it's at techguide.com.au. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. All right, mate. I've got to uh, go to bed. Uh, I've got to get up in the morning and it'll be a different time. So you've arrived. You. you haven't been to sleep yet, eh, since your flight. So you've flown no. in. You've arrived before you uh, left. I had a little napski yeah. and we went to a pizza joint and uh, – Ordered two pizzas, and the lovely, lovely girl said, um, the pizzas are quite big here. And we went, oh, are they? And she goes, yeah, 20 inches. And what? We went, we'll get that as a half and a half, thanks. Wow. And you know what? We only ate half of it. Wow. <laughs> so, you yeah, make me hungry now. Uh, Rocco's, mate. Uh, we had a lasagna pizza and okay. a barbecue chicken pizza. Barbecue chicken pizza. You got it. Yep. All right. Well, I'll bring you more details of that as the week's uh, week's approach. Anyway, uh, thanks to the great people at Netgear and Arlo. That is Two Blokes Talking Tech. We'll be back again next week. I'll see you back home, Stephen. See you, mate. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennec.